Hi guys and welcome to the new podcast of Center for Digital Marketing and Communication. This is the podcast where I talk about digital, I talk about marketing, I talk about branding and communications. And today I have a very very special guest and one of the first guests who comes from a journalism background on this podcast. Uh we know her so she was also my college senior. We have always known her as June Paul in fact I forgot what's what's her real name when I was talking to you yesterday, but she is known as Ushnota Paul on all the print and journalism sectors. So welcome, June. I'll call you June only on this podcast. Yes, please do. I don't remember who calls me Ushnota like at all. Even it's right. it's gone somewhere, lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, June first, I think all all my listeners would like to know why are you called June? That is question number one. <laughs> Question number two is uh, so guys, I know June from almost from last ten years now, and I and while before starting this podcast, we were chatting, and June also told me very very interesting story about her connecting with uh, with Bollywood and Bipasha Basu. So June, tell us both the stories. One, why are you called June, and how are you connected with Bipasha Basu and Bollywood and the uh, Bengali film industry? Oh my God! I'm not <laughs> connected to Bipasha Basu. Okay, first of all, June because I'm born in twenty on twenty second June, and uh, that's my nickname. We Bengalis uh, actually have two names: Daknam and Bhalonam. Uh, uh, so yeah, June is basically is my called? nickname. Daknam and Bhalonam. Yeah. Uh, thanks to like uh, movies like Piku and all that, I'm I'm guessing you guys are more aware of this now. Huh. Uh, most of the time bengalis get represented with stuff like dolare dola which never <laughs> happens in real life let me assure you but yeah. there are certain realistic movies like piku and all so uh, yeah june is basically my nickname because i was born and uh, uh, ushnota is my bhalonam which is my good name so that's there in my bylines that you read on the newspaper magazines and my passport and that's that but nobody really calls me ushnota anymore apart from maybe my husband and couple of really old friends from school bachpan ke dost but that's that and the college mein everyone used to call me june even the professors which you know abhishek hmm. and you even forgot my name ushnota yes i, I, <laughs> I had to remind you <laughs> i had to ask her that what's your real name because i have to introduce you from your real name Yeah, but if if you open the newspaper every morning, uh, it's still Ushnota Paul as the byline that I have not changed, of course. Hmm. And uh, connection with Dipasha Basu, no, uh, it's not a connection. It's basically, um, so my father, uh, he has been <laughs> the assistant director of um, filmmaker Rishikonu Ghosh for basically all his life, from the first film till the last film, which was Shottan Nishi. and uh, i always thought like while growing up that i want to uh, be in in films in in whatever capacity uh, be it as a writer or be it as an actor that kira was there when i was very young or as a director so when i grew up kind of like i just entered college i thought that i'm going to be a filmmaker and i assisted ritu kono ghosh uh, ritu kaku as i used to call him all my life in this film called shopcharitra kalpanik uh, which means all characters fictitious it went on to win a national award later and it starred dipasha basu wow. so mm. 
I was hardly 18, 19 years old. I was like in first year of hmm. college, and uh, I was the youngest AD. And I had, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot uh, on set. So I even had like a blink and you miss part. So if you Google me, you'll probably see that still even now it was, it was fun. Um, my dad was very strict. Uh, he would not acknowledge me as his daughter on set. Uh, there was this one time I remember I got a little late and there was an early morning call call time and he left me and he 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 left home without me and he said mm. that I'm gonna be on time. So if you're late, you will see that on set. And I got a big jar that day. Mm. So yeah, so I thought that's gonna be my path. But then obviously, like as you grow up and things happen, you know, eventually things can take you somewhere else and that's how journalism happened after mm-hmm. i got into cindy and uh, now it has been 10 years since then yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> being a journalist i think uh, this is going to stay yeah right, right so so june my next question which i ask to all my guests is uh, i don't know i mean nobody dreams when when they are a kid to get into marketing or journalism or communication so what what was your dream when you were a kid and the second is uh, do you remember that incident which because lots of lot of us who come into communications industry come uh, by an accident so do you remember that last incident which 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 made you push towards uh, journalism any particular incident that pushed me the last incident which which changed your life so probably you were going on some other direction and then suddenly uh-huh. things changed because of that simple incident and then you move towards journalism i think uh, that incident was when i wrote snap when i decided to write snap hmm. um because i i was still confused at that time that where i'm going to guys go. who don't know snap snap is symbiosis exam <laughs> yeah we have all written it it has changed quite a bit from then to now the selection process has also changed back in our time remember abhishek we had like quite a elaborate Uh, process of GDPI yeah. and yes. for two three days, so right. it was quite elaborate that time. Hmm. Anyways, I think at that time after after school ended, I thought that I'm going to be a lawyer, hmm. and uh, I was very very keen on becoming a criminal lawyer because I have had that passion uh, for criminal law for as. For for a very long time, like when I was a teenager and all, I used to watch these shows hmm. uh, that that others would probably think it was bizarre hmm. because you know True Detective and uh, stuff Excuse like that. Yeah, True Detective on uh, uh, not True Detective. Sorry, what was the name of that Discovery show? It was There Medical was de- Medical I- Detective. Yeah, medical yeah. detective so basically it was about forensic science yeah, yeah, yeah. and how you can track down a criminal after ages through forensic science and forensic science was that time kind of evolving like in early 90s i'm talking about late 80s early 90s and how you can use dna to find so i used to find that fascinating and i was only 12 13 years old and i was yeah. glued into it which mm-hmm. is very bizarre for a girl of that mm-hmm. age but i used to find cases i was to actually uh, cut out newspaper cuttings of cases i used to find interesting i had those files yeah. so i was very parents must be that. worried what happened to this uh, what is this uh, is there a psycho killer in home who's collecting all these things well uh, my uh, grandfather was a lawyer 
and um, i kind of always uh, had that in- inclination towards law and mm. and at the same time the psychology behind killer so there was it mm. was a good amalgamation of that and mm. uh yeah but my dad always knew about it and yeah. he still knows my fascination for true crime so it's something that i'm actually glued on even today mm. true crime is one thing that i really follow and really read a lot about and stuff like mm. that so anyway i thought that i'm going to be a lawyer after that mm. then um back in our days again like we were talking about entrance exams every national law university in the country used to have like separate entrance exam for them mm. not like how it is now it's centralized there is only one exam you write and you can go to any uh, national law school based on your rank but mm. in our times which is 2006 mm. it was not the case mm. so i could write only one exam and i I, and I studied all on my own. I remember this friend of mine whose father was a lawyer. He used to go. She used to actually go for tuitions and study all that. And I used to only take her notes and study in the school library uh, during, you know, recess or stuff like that, mm-hmm. or bunk the class and study. And I did it like that. I got a better rank than her. And in the end, uh, uh, some person on quota got my seat. Oh. and i was devastated you know it was i still remember the name of the girl because it really changed my life from then mm-hmm. if you really want to ask this incident i think that was one major incident that really changed because i still remember the name of the girl i remember she was in the sicota and that quota changed my life i was like i was devastated i was like i don't know what to do and um, where will i go from here and stuff like that and then i went on to assist rituparna uh, ghosh like i said when i was mm-hmm. in college and i was a little aimless which i think a lot of young people yeah. identify even today i mean it's right, just right. something that mm-hmm. all of us go through at some it's a phase point. of life everybody goes yeah, everybody goes through and then when i was at the fag end of uh, my graduation is when i was making a short film i remember with my handy cam and a few friends and i was making a short film i had written it and i had written the script and i was shooting it Hmm. is was was when a uh, kind of snap happened around the same time all hmm. my other friends were preparing for mba exams like cat and you know uh math and zat and all of hmm. that and hmm. i was not interested i just somehow thought that this is not what i want to do because hmm. i was always a very creative child hmm. i had started writing since i was 6 7 years old bizarre hmm. stuff but like yeah poems letters whatever so i knew that this is not in the long run something that would interest me i wanted to be in something creative hmm. so i wrote snap again i had not prepared for it at all it hmm. was something that um i wrote in jest i remember my dad was not even there in calcutta uh, hmm. that time he was shooting somewhere else and i was hmm. uh, on my own and i went and wrote it and the rest is you know how it happened lots of steps and then it happened Hmm. and adid and director uh, ukc as we used to call him hmm. was ukc there during your time no, too no no he was not at my time oh yeah so i think he was like we were the last batch hmm. who had hmm. ukc uh, ujwal kumar chaudhary for people hmm. who don't know and he actually saw my whatever little portfolio that i had at that time and he suggested that you should be navy why are you going to journalism you know hmm. uh, and i was like uh, i don't know i mean i think uh, that's something that i was also very interested in always and i write a lot and uh, yeah it seems like a kind of 
natural fit so to say i think i, I would be good at it and he said okay fine you know you have till second sem where you can change if you really want it it's fine you can come tell me and you can go to az and i thought that maybe it will happen too because for the first two sems we also we had the same classes oh, remember yeah yeah, yeah. So we had film appreciation classes, which I hugely, hugely enjoyed. Always, mm, mm. I uh, it was like my favorite classes, you know, mm. Anupam Siddharth's classes and Malti Rao's classes and the mm. film appreciation classes. It just it opened my eyes to world cinema more, and I was uh, I I thought that maybe a part of me actually would change. Hmm. But uh, end of second sem, I was like, no, I, I, I just, I want to be a journalist, and hmm. uh, I will stick to this, and I'll see it through. Because by then, I had also started writing for this college magazines that we had started. Hmm. I don't know if you know about that. Simbas. Uh, of us. Simbas was the first one. So we, I was one of the co-members. A couple hmm. of us actually got together and thought of Simbas, which was hmm. a e-magazine that we started in college. Hmm. And if I'm not very wrong, someone had come up with a logo of like a frog or something. I do, I can't. No, it's very strange. A bee, a bee. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, we were all uh, sitting around the frog pond, which doesn't exist anymore in Simbi. Hmm. You remember the frog pond? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and now it's all barricaded. It doesn't exist. Yeah, we were all close. sitting around. Yeah, hmm. we were all sitting around the frog pond on one day near the coffee shop, and we thought of Simbas, and uh, yeah, and that's how we started the e-magazine. And uh, then later, in fact, like there was also SIMC Wire that mm. we started, and uh, that was a e-newspaper. And coincidentally, Abhishek, I was the editor of the Entertainment Beat, even in uh-huh. SIMC uh-huh. Wire. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I That's think, mm. <laughs> yeah. So by then, I I was kind of finding my path, and mm. I I hugely enjoyed writing anyway since I was mm. a child. So mm. it it was not really a big change, so to say. And, then then it just fell in place and i was having this conversation with one of my simbi classmates the other day anuraksha mm. and uh, he was telling me that a lot of our journalism batchmates have found other paths by now it's been 10 years since then mm. right? right so a lot of them are either in ad or pr or copcom right. or you know separate streams digi- digital marketing mm. they have gone mm. in separate uh, various ways hmm. but there are only a handful of us who are still right. journalists right right you know and by that i don't mean like content writing i mean i mean hmm. like reporting and being a journalist so there's just a handful of us who are still doing it hmm. and i was telling him that's a very interesting conversation because i think the ones who are the the few of us who are still here after 10 years doing the same thing i think hmm. we are only here for the for purely for the passion of that profession and mm. not for the money because there are none let's be real <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, i think we 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 are the ones who who actually love this profession and right. we are still here because of that so mm. hopefully let's see <laughs> what future right. right. so interesting conversations coming up with uh, june guys who are listening to this podcast i this she is the first journalist who has come on this podcast, so I'll try to extract as much information as I can for all of you. So, June, my next question is: uh, When you first started uh, as a journalist, uh, uh, how was the vibe around? Because were people supportive when you started your job, and what were the initial years? Because I understand for any profession, initial years are a big struggle, and if you could survive those initial years, then then you thrive in that industry. So, tell our listeners about the initial years. 
any problems which you faced how how was the treatment of people when you started also working in in the industry i actually remember when i was just a rookie journalist and when i started off as a as an intern with the hindu in bangalore hmm. um that 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 experience i still count as like one of my favorite moments as a journalist even today even after 10 years mm. when i look back mm. i think that experience with the hindu in bangalore i still count as like one of the most fruitful experiences i've ever had in my career mm. the simple reason being my boss mr lai khan who was a city editor at that time in bangalore and i think he's still with the hindu but in mysore if i'm not mm. wrong Hmm. and we still talk on and off sometimes he was like a mentor to me he was he used to believe in me you know and that is so important for not just a journalist when you are starting off but i think for any profession to have someone like that who believes that you can do it and he would not treat me as just another 22 year old hmm. Hmm. and I, and i am saying this because like i still remember when i walked into the hindu building Mm. and i think in the first one or two days i was just given an assignment that this is where it is this mm. is the peg go and cover the story mm. it's not anyone spoon feeding you whatever mm. i have learned in the hindu is i think cumulatively uh, a lot more than what i have learned over the years it, mm. because i learned so much and i was very passionate at that time let me tell you mm. i would like Late night, I would do everything because I, I was very proactive. Mm. I was like in love with the profession that time. So you tell me anything and I'll do it. So I think I got like almost thirty bylines, twenty thirty bylines. I don't remember the exact number, but it was uh, very good over over a period of two months. And um, uh, I covered the wedding ceremony of Vivek Oberoi that time. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's a very funny story because he was getting married to this girl called Priyanka Alva, who who was from Bangalore, mm-hmm. and the wedding was happening in Bangalore, mm-hmm. and there was no media allowed inside. Mm-hmm. And Vivek uh, was a big star at that point. He was huge that time. I'm talking about 2010 to give everyone the perspective. Uh-huh. It was 2010, and he was I think he had done company and Satya, and he was like quite dumb. I remember his dumb, yeah. yeah, and and he was quite. quite big and mm. and people were very keen to know what's happening inside and media was not allowed inside and i was the youngest uh, one of the youngest in office i was 22 years old that time and my editor said that you know what this is the invitation card just go and see what you can find from there mm. and uh, yeah come and file the story this is how it was and i still remember i went there with one of my other colleagues who was also uh, as young as me mm. apurva and he she had a scooty and mm. we went from hindu uh, mm. and our office was an infantry road for people mm. in bangalore they'll understand it's near brigade which is like the main city place and mm. this wedding was in hebbal which is like suburb Hmm. So you know it's like Bombay and Navi Mumbai sort of a thing, hmm. and it was quite far, and we were in that scooty, hmm. and we went all the way to Hebbal, hmm. and it was night, and we somehow managed to sneak in because we looked the part because we didn't look like I think reporters at that time, and yeah. we went in, and I, and I. Uh, danced in Vivek Oberoi's Bharat. Uh, there was the gori and everything, and I danced. There was Sushmita Sen in a pink sari. It's such a uh, image that I'll never forget because you know I've danced at stuff and uh, I've danced. I ate, I chilled, and I I came back. We came to office like it was around one o'clock in the night. That time twelve thirty one. 
Mm. And he came and filed the story before the before the newspaper goes to print. That was the last story. Mm. And uh, the next day, it came out in the main papers, page three, not just in Bangalore but the entire Karnataka. Mm. And I was I was enthralled. I was like, oh my god, this is where I want to belong. You know, uh, going somewhere, getting story out of that. It gave me a kind of thrill that I had always looked for, and I got it. You know, I was hooked. I was like, this is where I want to be. And uh, uh, even though I used to actually cover city news, which I was a city reporter for main papers, page two, mm. uh, but I was so hooked after that. I actually went up to my editor and I said, "Can I please also cover entertainment stories?" That's how mm. it started, actually. Okay. Mm. I was like, "Can I please also do it for Metro Plus, which was mm. the uh, supplement for the Hindu?" It's still, mm. still mm. there. And I was like, "Can I please do it?" And he was like, "Go ahead. If you can manage more work and do both, go mm. ahead and do it." Mm. And I did. I ended up uh, interviewing exclusive interview tha uh, Kangana Ranawat back then. Mm. And uh, I got an exclusive interview of her. She was also, I think, uh, not starting off, but yeah, in that phase, I think she had done Raz two and stuff like that around that time. If I'm mm. not wrong. Mm. and uh, and i was hooked from then on i was like this is what i want to do i was in- interested in that beat and uh, yeah i think there was no looking back after that great great so so june one question which i have for you is uh, see because lots of people don't know about journalism wherever they have seen journalism they have maybe seen only it in movies and i think movies they have portrayed in multiple angles so whether you see जाने भी तो यार होते डिफरेंट काइंड ऑफ जर्नलिस्ट इफ यू सी मद्रास कैफे यू सी दिल से सो ऑल दीज मूवीज पोर्ट्रेट डिफरेंट काइंड ऑफ जर्नलिस्ट एंड पीपल हैव आई डोंट नो मे बी पीपल हैव दैट सर्टेन माइंडसेट दैट जर्नलिज्म इज ऑल अबाउट इन्वेस्टिगेटिव जर्नलिज्म और यू आर ऑलवेज इन डेंजर और यू आर ऑलवेज हैविंग फन सो आई वांटेड यू टू टेल द द नेटिग्रिटीज ऑफ हाउ एक्चुअली जर्नलिज्म वर्क्स एंड व्हाट डज अ जर्नलिस्ट डे लुक्स लाइक Absolutely, Abhishek. I agree with you on this part. That whenever you think of a journalist, you are always thinking either they are they are at an actualite area doing investigative reporting, or they are in Kargil. That's the image that yeah, comes yeah, first. Luxury, yes. absolutely. Right. But that's the kind of portrayal that is all always there. If you talk about Indian cinema, that's right. what I have always seen, and I've always wondered why. Hmm. There are a couple of films only that where I have seen that the journalist is probably an entertainer. Men beat journalists. Which one was page three it's of Madhur right. Bhandarkar, right. where Konkara right. Sen Sharma was playing something similar to what I do, uh, uh, not exactly, but yeah. And uh, there was this another film of. Sanat- you have to, you have to tell us one or two insider scoop, also gossip, without telling the name of of the people. That's my my small request to you. Latest <laughs> news, gossips. <laughs> This is this is what we are reduced to. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. It's always like that, yeah. like gossip though. Everywhere I go, but that's not always how it works. Anyway, I'll come to that. Hmm. Um, so that, I think that was one was page three, and one recently was one Sunakshi Sinha starer movie called Noor, where uh, she also plays some lifestyle entertainment journalist. Okay. Okay. But the thing what I've seen in this portrayal in Hindi cinema is like even though you are showing a an entertainment beat journalist hmm. the uh, the larger narrative is always where that journalist is trying to do uh, quote unquote serious journalism okay so hmm. so that's what they want to do so how you see in page 3 also konkona sensharma's character actually goes and busts a child sex ring or uh, you know hmm. um, uh, th- she does that and then uh, 
if you have watched the she movie says, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah or in noor also like she says that oh why am i going to go and interview sunny leone i'm just going to can i can i go and do this other story like that's more important she tells uh-huh. her editor uh-huh. so i have always seen how entertainment journalism in this country is reduced to as like that's not journalism at all uh-huh. that is the less serious cousin of more serious cousins like political journalism mm. or business journalism and we mm. are just you know mere merely there mm. so that's always been the portrayal and 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 i let me tell you that if that was the case then by now we should have ceased to exist no if right. there was no demand for this mm. Mm. but people i know there are certain there are many people in fact i know who would not probably admit it but they when they get the paper they yeah, will yeah. fast uh, <laughs> open bombay times agree agree completely they will they will see who has like you asked for gossip huh. you are only in fact there are certain newspapers who are working only because of entertainment week yeah and so if you so we try because there is a need there is a, it's a simple case of demand and supply mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and wh- what makes you think that it can't be uh, serious journalism in some way there are good entertainment reporters too mm-hmm. there are good journalism in this beat too mm-hmm. there are obviously certain really bad <laughs> journalism in entertainment where i don't want to take names of mm. anyone but yeah what has time out done and there are stuff like that mm. but there are good interviews there are certain uh, interviews that i have done and i'm very very proud of mm. over over the course of whatever i have interviewed darren aronofsky mm. of requiem for a dream uh, you know the oh. director of requiem for yes. a dream mm. and mother and mm. so many and i'm i'm very happy about that there are so i have i have interviewed simon baker who mm. was he was the star of the mentalist mm. Mm. so are you saying that there is no room for doing good work mm. of, in in this beat mm. no and uh, you also asked about how a day looks like a day in a newsroom is always very mad mm. no matter which publication you are in but it also gives me the adrenaline rush even after so many years to be in a newsroom mm. it's always chaotic it's and especially for a print uh, for a newspaper office it's even more chaotic because the pages gets released late you know every day is the same thing mm. so it's even more chaotic and fun so if there is a breaking news then everyone is scampering here and there it just mm. it's it's a lot of fun actually uh, so very stressful what time typically your day starts and end, and what time does it ends for newspaper specifically my day starts a little late and goes on very late because okay. you know you release the pages every day and stuff mm. like that mm. when i was with a magazine uh, for that it was much uh, chiller the time because okay. you know every day you don't have to release pages it's only monthly or whatever your magazine or is is it quarterly or what it depends on that but so june tell uh, since you spoke about journalism and you also spoke about serious journalism so who are some of the journalists whose work you admire and uh, if if there is anybody who's listening to this podcast who wants into who wants to get into journalism they should probably follow them and understand their style of working as well it can be from any category in india for entertainment journalism i kind of like the kind of stuff uh, anupama chopra does for film companion i think uh, i like the the way she presents herself and the way she conducts interviews mm. um uh, the kind of reviews that sucharita tyagi does is also something i'm talking specifically in india and i'm specifically talking about entertainment journalism sure sure and uh, yeah that that's also quite nice but the thing is that um, i 
really believe, it's fine to be inspired it's fine to actually like someone look up to mm. someone but but at the end of the day you should always uh, create your own style mm. and you should not like um, compromise on that so i think over the years i have always tried to inculcate that be through my blogs or my professional work that if someone reads it they should feel like they're reading something written by me mm-hmm. and that is very important i think uh, you should not you should not lose that somewhere right so it's fine to be inspired and that's that's absolutely good to read good work by good journalists is very important i mm-hmm. i absolutely agree but at the same time you should uh, build your own style your sure. own style of writing mm-hmm. So, guys who are listening to this podcast, I think June is one of those very few journalists who has maintained the uh, the right balance between print as well as digital. So, before we started this podcast, we were talking about how important it is, and and since lot of people, in fact, this is a question which I ask to all my guests, which in which I ask that whether online and offline, what should be the right mix of communication, what should be the right mix of budget spends. Uh, and whether offline is dying so uh, i think uh, june is one of those few people who is very active on digital as well and is writing for print so uh, so june uh, uh, if you could tell us more about this is that how do you maintain this this right balance and how does you you coming from a print background helps you in creating the digital content as well so professionally if you ask yes i am hardcore uh, print even now um i do not write for digital but yes the stuff that i write for print actually goes online hmm. um but i have tried to because today in today's day and age if you don't have a digital footprint i think it is very uh, difficult to sustain in at least the kind of profession that i am in so hmm. i have uh, kind of uh, always maintained that you know um that my social media presence is uh, good i because i always need to check also stuff every day of what's happening around me hmm. and the news so there are times that i have actually got really fed up and tried to leave social media to take a, at least a bit of break but hmm. the kind of uh, work that i do it is very difficult to kind of not be on social media you have to be hmm. very clued in all the time especially now when we are in a lockdown situation Hmm. and uh, we're not being able to go to office or like actually go and meet people to report and stuff like that hmm. um it is it is actually very uh, important that i'm always on social media still keeping a tab of stuff happening interacting with people that's where you also build your contacts and uh, yeah i'm very active on twitter hmm. and uh, i maintain that um social presence uh, right. to kind of balance it out with my professional stuff yeah so, so june this is my second question and i know you have a very big following on twitter uh, and i i think this is a question which because we all talk about only the positive sides of social media positive sides of digital uh, media but mm-hmm. there is a lot of negative sides as well in which so for example if if i don't know you i can say anything on twitter on instagram to your anybody else so the trolling can happen very easily whereas in reality i'm not a person like that mm-hmm. so have you also witnessed people trolling you and second is if you see those trolls how do you deal with them because 
it it leads to 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 a lot of depression also to people mm. who are new who are say for example i know you from last 10 years you have been building your twitter following from such a very very long time but you see these days new 22 23 old kids who want to become influencer and the moment they put a youtube video the moment they put an instagram post people start trolling them then they get depressed and they stop doing it so so if you could tell us something mm. about how do you manage these trolls as well um my god abhishek if i had like a penny for every time i've got trolled mm-hmm. um it, yeah it has happened a lot of times and mm-hmm. mostly it has always been uh, due to maybe certain political tweets i'm not going to go deep into it but samajhdaro ko ishara kafi hai so every time it beat in whichever side of the spectrum you are in politically i'm mm-hmm. not telling like mm-hmm. one side of it sure. whichever side Mm. the other will jump on you and they will try to kind of uh, troll you mm. and it has happened it has happened to me during demonetization it has mm. happened to me during like very recently now mm. uh, it happened like very recently this month as we speak mm. one of my tweets went viral and uh, it was all over uh, there were instagram pages sharing it i was trolled for days for 2 3 mm. days mm. um people came into like my dm they were like calling me names oh, now uh, i have i have i have endured all of that for mm-hmm. very long it mm-hmm. it used to bother me a lot before like maybe demonetization was 2015 right 16 16 16 8 november yeah 2016 uh, till then it used to really bother me i used to cry i used to think of like actually leaving twitter and all that Hmm. thankfully somehow in 2020 like when this happened hmm. this month itself hmm. i think i have kind of become crocodile skin hmm. somewhere hmm. it doesn't affect me as much anymore and i hmm. don't uh, engage with them hmm. initially i used to probably engage with them i would, I would block them or i would cry i would hmm. think of retaliate me. yeah yeah retaliate yeah, yeah. Mm. now it has happened like if you actually find the tweet and you go over there and see there is not a single reply from my side mm. like mm. i have not even probably re- read all the replies it ha- mm. i don't remember how many but it has like some 3000 mm. uh, odd likes and like a lot of retweets thousands of retweets i don't remember but yeah it was everywhere and i got mm. trolled for days but i have not replied to anyone mm. it doesn't bother me as much mm. i'm much uh, Uh, calmer as a person today mm-hmm. i'm much happier as a person today so mm-hmm. uh, so it it really is important to know uh, the reality mm-hmm. like i know my reality at the end of the day is not what i am on twitter but like mm-hmm. when i switch off twitter and i come back home to my husband and we cook a meal and we have that while watching netflix that's me mm-hmm. at the end of the day mm-hmm. in my house that nobody else knows mm-hmm. my followers don't know that mm-hmm. my followers will never see that they see a certain personality on insta and twitter and what i put over there what i choose to put over there agree agree and that's a part of me that i'm portraying i'm very uh, carefully portraying that hmm. they don't know who i am after that no? i think this wisdom comes only with age it will not come uh, on day one it wasn't there like mm-hmm. i said i used to cry i used to be very sad about it thinking about what i have i have seen a lot of influencers who if they see they have uh, 50000 followers and i think there's a very very important point to all you guys who are listening this conversation june has made a very very simple point saying that what i do on twitter and instagram is not the real me it's i do something else i enjoy cooking food at home with with a with a husband and it's it's not about but i think lots of influencers who are 
new into into influencer they think that if there are 50000 people who are following you they are your supporter but guys please understand agar aap raste pe kisi din gir jate ho no none of them will come and they will pick you up only your family or your friends will come and pick you up so but this, let me but let me clarify over here it's not like i'm saying that i am portraying an unreal side of me i'm mm. very real on social media that's one thing i pride myself on mm. i don't i don't try to portray something i'm not it's mm. just that what i'm saying is that i carefully choose which part of that i'll put right. uh, i'm okay. not putting everything out there sure, i'm put, sure. i'm putting only a side of that but mm. yes mm. i'm very real on my social media mm. i make fun of myself a lot if you really mm. see my tweets over the years mm. i i have made fun of like my life my mm. boyfriend my mm-hmm. uh, my everything my work mm-hmm. so uh, i i am i try to kind of uh, always uh, keep it real but what i'm saying is that in that you always know that you have the control to choose which part of yours to uh, how much of it to show and how much of yourself to keep so you should be able to switch between reality and digitally what what you are doing i it's think very that, important possible. very important to have a person who can keep you grounded in real mm. and for me mm. that is my dad and my mm. husband for sure mm. Mm. they keep me rooted so i know that that's a part of me but that is not entirely me after like everything is over when mm. i'm sitting and watching netflix every day with a glass mm. of wine or mm. uh, just you know cooked something at mm. home and we are eating it that's the real me then that's when i'm like absolutely myself and uh, that's that that they will not see so what those trolls are saying is just a part of who i am mm. but they don't know me and it doesn't matter to me i'm sure even those trolls mm. at the end of the day have a life of their own they have yeah. their kids they have their wives they have mm. their parents and i'm sure they do other stuff and good for them man it's just i'm happy i i don't have any uh with age yeah i think i have kind of become a little more uh, calmer i just uh, i just want everyone to be kind of be at peace and happy which i was not like before mm-hmm. but now i'm just yeah well i know what you're doing maybe you have a reason to do that but mm-hmm. at the end of the day you are coming to my profile and leaving yeah. a comment so mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i must have done something right right, right. <laughs> so i think uh, being calm is one of the qualities which which june is mentioning about uh, becoming or, or getting into journalism what are three other qualities which you would like to recommend you have to be very thick skinned hmm because there are times when uh, things will not go your way and um, if you take everything to heart and if you are a very sensitive person which i was hmm. uh, you cannot sustain hmm. and uh, b i think uh, it's important to be proactive i have actually done a lot of things so far uh, just by being proactive like i gave that example of when i was with the hindu right. i actually i was a city reporter but i actually made sure that i do double the work and i went what i went for what i wanted to actually do which was mm. also uh, report entertainment mm. so that that helps um third i think you have to be very good at building your contacts because mm. that's where i think i think everything kind of leads back to that only mm. over the years you have to have your contacts and do not ever give up their name if they have specifically said not to mm. um but june now you have to give us a story please some gossip 
No, yeah, I'm I'm in lockdown right now. Don't so, take names of 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 actors or actresses, but give us one simple gossip. There is no gossip. I'm in lockdown, so there is nothing like that. I'm actually, honestly speaking, there, and I don't do gossipy stories. Uh, I'm not trying to demean anyone else who does, but I do like I try to do um, uh, interviews that have some meaning. Uh, uh, adds something to it. I know it sounds boring, but that's the truth. I actually, over the years, have tried to do meaningful stuff. Uh, like I said, because everyone reduces our beat to gossip. Mm. Everyone reduces it to something that you read only after you have read the entire paper. But it's not like that. There are good stuff you can do in entertainment journalism, mm. and in my own little way, if I can do do that, uh, why not? Because today, as we speak, today uh, the uh, today. Uh, Telegraph's uh, supplement is uh, T two, if you know. Okay. So today's cover story is mine uh, okay. in T two, and okay. it's uh, it's an interview that I did with J J Valia, the okay. designer. He's okay. a very celebrated designer, and okay. I did did that interview during this year's uh, Blender's Fashion uh, Tour, okay. Blender's Pride Fashion Tour. Okay. And and it was I absolutely enjoyed doing that interview with the cover story today. I'm very happy with it. I don't know how many people will read it because a lot of people are not getting their newspapers during the lockdown. But I'm very happy, and that's what matters to me these days. Honestly, Abhishek, you know, if I am actually satisfied with one story I have done, seeking someone's approval is. has kind of reduced over time now if it, that is giving me peace and i'm happy with the kind of work that i've done then then i'm happy there are days the other day like couple of days back i was writing one interview i obviously wouldn't name and i was telling my husband what a bad interview i've done yeah i'm not happy with it while writing i was telling him Hmm. So I know, I know which one is good and which one is bad. So uh, I think very very important conversations happening with June guys, and if you're listening to this conversation, please keep listening as June is telling us all the nitty gritties of journalism and how it works. So uh, uh, so June, uh, apart from apart from some of the uh, journalists whom you mentioned, would you like hmm. to talk to us about any of the journalists whom people should follow or whom you admire as well? Uh, you mean specifically in my profession, uh, in my beat? Or any like- category, any anybody, okay. any category, any beat. Specific, I think Judith Christ, who used to review for New York uh, Herald Tribune, New mm-hmm. York Magazine, and TV Guide, it, from from like I think the sixties till the eighties, and uh, she's actually one of my biggest inspirations in my field. She was. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was very revered widely read film critic who's uh, and her reviews were so caustic and you know so on point it actually earned her her a reputation as uh, i think uh, the most critic the the most hated critic by hollywood mm. back in the time like imagine 60s to 80s and and also she was one of the first f- uh, female film critics whose uh, criticism was published outside of female focused magazines i'm talking about back then when you know there was like a very big uh, there was sexism was rampant and stuff mm-hmm. like that so that was a big deal that time she basically paved the way for the rest of us and uh, apart from uh, judith uh, i'm also a fan of uh, roger ebert's work and i regularly follow roger uh, rogerebert.com that's one website uh, that any budding film journalist can check it out um, he was the first film critic to win the pulitzer prize for criticism and that's very inspirational mm. uh, a closer home in india if you ask me i like anupama chopra's film reviews mm. i think she's very to the point and 
uh, yet very deeply analytical about the way she speaks and i really like her uh, everything that she does yeah sure so uh, coming to the to the end of our podcast uh, june i have uh, one hypothetical question which mm-hmm. i would like you to answer is is if you get a time machine and if you could go back in time and change certain things about your career change certain decisions which you made what would be those changes uh in my career um i think uh, the only thing i would probably change is that i would start being an entertainment journalist a little earlier than what it was there was mm-hmm. a bit of uh, time in between where i had kind of deviated and i did other stuff but i think i would just go back and stick to my beat because i know that's where where i mm-hmm. really enjoy being in so that's it but apart from that i think everything that has happened so far has led me to where i am today it's a very cliched answer but it's true yeah, yeah. because otherwise i wouldn't be where i am and uh, yeah i'm i'm happy today where i am and uh, so the last question for the day is is june if uh, so what are your future plans where, what are you trying to do what are you learning new things where do you see yourself and the industry moving forward in the next 5 to 10 years um well abhishek i keep hearing people say that print is going to be dead but i have been hearing that for the past so many years and here we are yeah. uh, touch wood <laughs> knock on wood but i think it's still here to stay because there are still a major chunk of our population who still goes and buys a uh, right. newspaper from the stand if it was not that at least in tier two cities yeah, yeah, exactly. cities and if it wasn't then we would still we would not still be here so mm-hmm. i think uh, as long as print is there i would want to still be there a lot of people say that you should be in digital because mm-hmm. you know that's the future and that's where it will be well tab ka tab dekha jayega but mm-hmm. i am a hardcore print person i love print mm-hmm. so as long as it's there i would want to be in this before this i was with film fair which was a magazine now i'm with a newspaper but it has always been print for me mm. and yeah let's let's hope for that so that's my plan and on the like side by side um, i have my own blog that i'm not very active on uh, but i think the lockdown is kind of a boon i should maybe uh, start writing again for myself my own stuff mm. and watch a lot more of world cinema that i had missed watching mm. uh that's the plan yeah i will keep watching good movies so that you can actually write about them mm. better yeah so which are some of the movies which you would recommend our listeners to see um if you're talking about specifically you know journalism related movies then my all time favorite is all the president's men um mm. that had like roger uh, robert redford and dustin hoffman it was about the watergate scandal and uh, it's like one of my favorite journalism related movies i think it was also shown to us back in college in one mm. of the film uh, mm. classes and uh, since then i had been hooked but but that was then uh, very recently if you tell me ask me then um spotlight just like took my breath away okay. spotlight uh, i think it won the best film in two th- oscars uh, 2015 or 16 mm-hmm. 
and it was a flawless film if you have not watched it please and if you are if you love journalism and if you are a journalist yourself or even if you're not just go watch that film Mm. Mark Ruffalo is so awesome. There is uh, Rachel McAdams and um, Michael Keaton. It's an amazing film. It's it's how like these group of uh, investigative journalists. I think they work work for for a paper in Boston and how they um, kind of you know uh, exposed the child sex abuse ring in the Boston area. Mm. And uh, it's an amazing film. So yeah, these two films, uh, as far as journalism is concerned. these two are my favorites and in india like i mentioned before to you i have still not seen a movie that has really depicted journalism the mm. way they should it's very cliche whatever this show and yeah, yeah not the real stuff so thanks a lot june for coming on this podcast and uh, if the listeners want to get in touch with you how can they get in touch with you where all they can find you uh thanks abhishek and they can um definitely tweet out to me i am journo juno so journo j o u r n o juno j u n o journo juno i'm on twitter i'm on instagram um i reply i can i'm very active on both the platforms so definitely you can drop me a tweet and i'll try to <laughs> reply to you over there if sure. you have any questions or anything yeah thank you once again june for coming on this podcast and giving us your time thank you abhishek sure all the people who have listened to this podcast will know the nitigrities and the inner workings of journalism also now i hope i have been of some help to them thank you so much for thank having you. me thank you june